Welcome to Life Beyond Our Wildest Dreams, all-inclusive recovery podcast. My name's Denise, I'm your host. Please listen, subscribe, and leave a comment. Today, we have a special guest, uh, JLove333. All of you on Twitter will be familiar with Jay. And today, Jay has a very special celebration. She's celebrating three years of continuous sobriety and being clean and sober. And so I'm really happy, first of all, to have met with her face-to-face for a few minutes after um, being, you know, following and being friends with her for a couple of years on Twitter. And uh, so, of course, she every day is posting for Recovery Posse, so I'm really glad to have this conversation. How are you doing today, Jay? I'm really good. How are you? Good, good. You're not nervous, I hope. Nothing to be nervous about. Um, no, I'm good. Just glad you got your coffee. I got mine. All will be well. <laughs> so, Jane, why don't you tell um, everybody, you know, just give them a little bit of a snapshot as to what made you decide that you needed to look into recovery? Um, you know, we all have our past and our, you know, lows and our bottoms that led us to it. But that last day or the day that you made the decision, what was the final factor for you to do that? Um, well, um, it was the end, it was beginning of COVID and I was drinking really, really heavily. I, I was drinking heavily for years, but I was drinking even more so. And I knew I was dying. There was no doubt about it. I couldn't stand. I was yellow. And I just knew that if I didn't get sober, I was going to die. It was simple. So you just, that, that was it. Like often they say you just got sick and tired of being sick and tired you well I was so I was so sick I was I was so sick I was hallucinating I was throwing up blood I I couldn't stand it it, I wasn't living you know I was dying very slowly and horrifically and were you living by yourself or in a family environment what was were other people witnessing this my yeah my husband and my my two sons so definitely good. It was a good decision for you then. And what was your route of recovery when you decided? Did you go to detox or what happened? I had to go to detox. Um, I'm lucky I went to detox because on day three, I, I seized and flatlined. Uh, my heart stopped. And I woke up thinking someone has set me on fire because that's what it felt like when they re- were reviving me with the medications in my central line. Mm-hmm. And after detox... I stayed in treatment for 32 days and then I came out and I did AA for a little while. You know, I did my 120 and 90, not 90, 90. I did about 120 and then I just use every tool possible for my recovery. I have my network. I read, I do things that make me feel good internally. I ground myself with nature. I, um, I help other people and I just want this. I love this life. And obviously there's been a ripple effect because I've seen definitely one thing that I admire and I've seen so much in your posts is, uh, you know, how your two sons have done so well and obviously have benefited from you being sober the last three years. So it's yeah. their lives, right? It ha- I mean, I was always a mom first, even though I was drinking like that. I was always a mom first. I, my boys were always, you know, the 
like the center of my universe. They still are. Yeah. But it was like, okay, well, mom's job is done. Let me, it's mommy time, you know, bring up the wine, whatever. But then as the years went on, it was like, well, I was sneaking and drinking while I was being a mom. It, and how, but old, they, how old are they now? Like they're kind of 21 and 18. 21 and 18. So that's my, that's the only regret is that I wish I did it sooner, but I guess the universe got me sober right when I was supposed to. I don't know. I, I probably would have made it earlier, you know? I kind of figure though that sobriety birthdays and things like that, they're just like our kind of physical birthdays. They are when they're supposed to be. Exactly. And, you know, there's a reason I think that because it, it seems that when we look back, we end up thinking that we you know got into recovery or sobered up at the exact right time so I think you know there can't be regrets that you didn't do it sooner but what I'm thinking about is when people are or you know your sons are 18 and 21 they're pretty used to having you a certain way all their life yes and then all of a sudden three years I mean there must be some significant changes or trust or different things that have really improved with your relationship with them because you know although you were a good mother all along and no one's disputing that you you know they still go from having a drinking mother to a sober mother right and so well, like, they heard, miserable. yeah and I've heard people say that you know their children like it took them a long time to trust that they were sober and not drinking and you know just for them to believe in the process have you found that at all with the boys or have they been on board with you from day one well they've been on board for day since day one mostly because the one that i've always been in my life is um i've always been i've always been pretty like if i'm gonna do something i'm gonna do it yeah so when i told them you know i'm gonna get sober they didn't really doubt me because i when, every time i said i was gonna do something i did it but me being sober, they they see the happiness, they see the joy, they see me giving them little life lessons, they see me encouraging them, encouraging myself, the people around me, and they see that I'm not miserable. I'm not sitting on the see, I didn't go out to drink. I drank on my couch in my house for 15 years. Yeah. I never drank in public. No one ever saw me intoxicated. So it wasn't your uh, and funny, I was all, always an at-home drinker too. I really laugh. I live in the downtown core and I laugh on the weekends when these people are intoxicated and they're yelling in the street and singing and carrying on because you know I just always drank alone at home right yes um, so the thing is is that you know obviously you've been a determined person all along you've been a consistent person you've been a consistent parent so a lot of that didn't change but obviously you know they want the best for you they want you to be happy and the thing is I'll tell you that certainly shows in your post because you seem to have the ability to really live your best life you know I try how you self-care for yourself you know you go out and you have a nice dinner you're enjoying it you're going out um you know it just I, I when I look at your posts I just think here's a person who's who's embraced recovery and is running with it and is totally living their best life would you feel that that's where you're at right now? Yeah, I do. I, and I look forward to every day that I wake up. I, even though if I know I have a hard work day ahead or I have both jobs, I'm like, well, today's a great day to do better. You know, like I want to be better than I was yesterday. And I'm excited. I'm excited. 
um, and describing the person on the couch and going into detox and everything else, there wasn't much to be excited about at that point. No, I, when I would wake up in the morning during that life, during my drinking, especially the end, I would wake up and be like, why did I wake up? Why did I have to wake up today? Why didn't I just pass away in my sleep? I longed for death. I did. I longed for it. And um, it makes me sad that I felt that way. But the great miracle is, is now you long for life. I know. I know. And so you know what? That that's a good trade-off. And yeah. a lot of times when I say I go to dinner, I'm alone. I mean, sometimes I'm with friends. Sometimes, you know, I'm out with other people, but I do most of my stuff alone. I'll I'll go on a job, I'll go away for the weekend alone. I'll get a hotel room for the night alone. Dinner alone. Whatever I want to because I enjoy myself and I'm just happy being happy. And I think there's way too much emphasis put on people you know um having to be with somebody and having to be in a relationship and having to go places with people i think people need to really hear and especially when they're getting sober and they're newly experiencing life and everything sober it's really good what you're saying is that you know i go out for dinner alone i feel comfortable i like my my own company you know, I imagine that you're probably in there and you're having conversations with the servers. You're, you know, so the thing is, it's so important for people to know you can go out and do all these things. You can go and do anything sober that you want to do and enjoy yeah. it. And that's what I love yeah, I mean, about everything you do is that you show everybody, hey, I'm here, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And, you know, you're just really enjoying it. Now, of course... Once we've covered that I'm out for dinner by myself, I'm taking a drive by myself, uh, okay. But we also have a slight glimpse into the dating apps and the dating. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what I'm really interested in about with that, I mean, I do, I do really enjoy your dates. Let's put it that way. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but as far as a, as a woman now going out, and dating sober. Um, I've been blessed to be married to the same person for 35 years, so I haven't had to worry about this too much. I was five years sober. So um, it's in the far distance for me, but like, how does that go like now for you? How difficult is that when you meet somebody, you're going to date them? Are you upfront right from the start that you don't drink? Right up front. So before you even meet up with them or you, you agree to meet them, well, my, if on my dating profile, it says I'm sober. Okay. And if they ask me, I'm sober. And if that's a problem, then that's a problem because I, I, I don't have time for that. You know, like this is me, this is all of me. And. But have you and, found that that's the best approach is to just be oh, yeah. front and to get it right out of the way. And if it's a problem, sure. then you know, we don't even get off the ground because you hear so much with people where if they don't have the personality, they, they don't have the confidence that you do and they don't have the experience and they're not handling it the way you do. You hear a lot of people run into so much trouble and it's such a big problem. You know, when do I tell them? Do I, you know, and it sounds like some people don't just lay it out right out front. So then they get into situations that can be really problematic. After well, I've gotten, yeah, I've gotten, oh, you must not be any fun or you must be a loser. And I'm like, all right, see ya. <laughs> so I'm a lot of fun and I'm not a loser. So carry on. 
Yeah, so think what you want to think, right? So if you had to really sum up your three years and you had to really think of a couple of things that you have earned through your recovery personally, what would they be? Now, some people say, just to give you an idea, because some people are sometimes confused in the question, is some people say that they've earned the respect from their family. Like that's one example. Some have, have earned the ability to go back to school. What things are you, do you know that you're doing today that you absolutely could not do if you weren't sober? Definitely not only the respect of my family, but my, my self-respect. Um, I didn't look in the mirror for about 10 years. I, I got rid of every mirror. I put my fist through every mirror in my house. I didn't have a mirror in my house for 10 years. Couldn't even look at myself. So the respect for myself is huge. Well, um, right? li yeah. Living my life with integrity and not just, not just by not drinking, but simple things. Like when I was drinking, I got myself, myself and someone else got me into debt and I manned up and I'm taking care of it. Yeah. When I was yeah. drinking, I wouldn't have done that. And now I know like the right thing to do is pay off my debt. So I'm paying it off and I'm almost done. So integrity. And the other thing is like my two sets of eyes. I think I've told you the before and after. I know what life was like and I know now how beautiful it really is. And it's a gift. I'm I'm so grateful and blessed that I was given this gift of, of a second chance to live again. Even though it's in the second half of my life, it's like, look at life is beautiful and you're here for it. Enjoy it. Yeah. And I think that that's the message of any kind of recovery is that you know, you go from a place where many will say that they felt like something under a person's shoe to total self-respect. You have integrity. You have accountability. Um, like you were saying, you can see it at two sets of eyes. You can see the before life, the afterlife. And that that uh, that previous life is there any time for any of us. All we got to do is pick up a drink. And we can return back to that. So it's really good to have that mirror of those two lives, right? And, yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's a lot of good coming out of three years, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm kind of a gung-ho person. Like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I drank, I drank, I drank. I was going to drink, I drank. I'm well, sober. I I'm think so also we're people of extremes, and that's in our personalities. And it's, yes. I think we're all in or all out people. Yes. <laughs> I'm not a person. I used to laugh at things when people would refer to things as half measures and thinking, I don't even know what a half measure is. Like I'm one way or I'm the other way. So yeah. yeah, in this case in recovery, I think some of our personality traits really pay off. Well, can I add one more thing that I gained? You can. I gained, because this is really important because my network, like the people in recovery, the majority of them, there's that 1% that we know of. But the most beautiful people with the biggest hearts have opened up. Like I've, I've, I've always wanted to be loved, and I never felt that type of love until I got sober. Yeah. So that that's that's a big one. And I think too, so many of us didn't have family connections or, you know, siblings or whatever. And like you know, that's been the case for me in recovery. Um, other than of course my spouse. The thing is, is that, and direct children or grandchildren family of origin you know I don't have any people left in my family that are alive or that are engaged so you see 
I had the advantage of growing up in a, basically those people became the uncles and the aunts and the grandparents and the people that would have been in my life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and we've got recovery posse. I mean, that's why we even know each other and why we're even here today is yeah. what an amazing connection that is. And, you know, I'm not a religious person, but the thing is, I absolutely believe in the higher power being the connection, the universal connection of people. The universe is my higher power. And I do believe that we're all connected and I think we're very special people. And, you know, I think when we get a second chance and we get a chance to go out and get it, get it right, you know, um, obviously the last half of your life is going to be the best half. You know, I'm committed to dying sober and I know that you are. And the thing is, I am. That that's the goal. And if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. So it's just been really a pleasure to finally meet you, to see your so posts cool. every day. They help me so much. And I know you helped so many others. And, you know, we've lost some people along the way recently and lost people mm -hmm. that just don't make it. I know. And, you know, I mean, it's recovery is not something to be taken for granted. No. Because it can slip through our fingers so quickly. And it shouldn't be, uh, be ashamed of either. You know, I feel I hurt when people say, you know, they don't want to say they're in recovery or they're ashamed. And, I'm like, get up on the roof and shout it. <laughs> well, and you know, I think too that the stigma comes sometimes from old thinking as well because, you know, it just depends what their experience has been. And I just think that, you know, there's enough judgment and enough criticism in the world. We don't need to be doing it in recovery policy. We don't need to be judging people and telling them if you don't do it this way, then it's never going to work. Um, you know, there's something for everybody. And as long as people don't die and they stay alive and they have a chance at recovery, then I'm going to support whatever they do. Me too. So, Jay, good to meet you. Good to talk to you. Thank you for your time today. And I hope that you have a good trip. And I hope that today you really celebrate your accomplishment. And I hope it's three years of many, 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 many years to go. So Thank you, know, we'll have you back again in a year or two and have an update and see how things are going. And yeah. in the meantime, we're going to keep watching your activities there. And I want to thank you like for having me and just for doing everything you do for recovery. And, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. So thank you. Thank you, Jane. You know, I think as long as we're helping each other, you know, t you mentioned it earlier, um, is, you know, any form of service we're doing is just so, so good for our souls and so good for our recovery. So, you know, it's total service for me, you know, a lot of different podcasts, they're all, you know, guests want to be paid. Um, the podcasters are making money and that's great for them. That's their business, but this has been pure service. And that's why I appreciate the guests is because there's no money made and there's no money paid and it's just absolute service people telling stories to other people so thank you so much for giving so freely and you take good care of yourself and we'll be talking to you again soon all right thank you take care